Reading Aristotle is a veritable treasure trove of practical wisdom. He wrote, first, have a definite, clear, practical ideal, an objective. Second, have the necessary means to achieve your ends, wisdom, money, materials, and methods. Third, adjust all your means to that end. Hey, this is KB. I'm a technologist, thought leader, and self-published author. I've been publishing ebooks, print books, audio, video, and other content online since 2015. I stumbled quite a bit, tried many different types of content, marketing strategies, software tools, and social media streams. Now I'm here to help you learn from my mistakes and find inspiration along the way. We'll take a journey together to leverage your content, dive into practical tips, and test out actionable strategies that move you from posts to profit. This is the Self-Pub Empire Podcast. Welcome back to the Self-Pub Empire Podcast. Today, let's talk about project management. That might seem like a boring topic for a creator or anyone doing online business or online marketing, but really driving towards your creation takes managing your lists of tasks. And so if you have a list of tasks and you're trying to go from post to profit, then you need a plan to get to your goal. My goal for this episode is to give you exactly what you need to manage your project work without all the deep and complicated official methodologies. It's a PM light kind of approach or project management light kind of approach. My history with project management really began with the first part of my career, which was software development and coding. You have to manage do project management really with any kind of software development project or project or work of any kind. So I actually had come to contact with a lot of project managers over the course of the number of years I did in software development and software engineering and computer engineering just in general. So that was a lot of my original background in industry really is that part and seeing project managers work and what they do and and how they did it. And some were very formal and some were less formal. And I started to understand that some of that really isn't necessary for most projects, but sometimes, you know, certain things really do. It's very different than that kind of work really tends to be different than say building a building or constructing a building. And that requires project management as well in a, in a pure form of work around that kind of job, something really, really big. And there's a lot of, if once this is done, then this thing can begin. And then once these things are done, then the government can go in and do the review and sign off on being able to inhabit the building and so on and so forth. So mine was experience was a little different. It was in software development from there. And having worked with a number of project managers, I began to study the PMBOK or the Project Management Book of Knowledge, lovingly called the PMBOK, which is very, very large. It's really a huge book about all things project management and really, really technical. And it can be really useful if you're looking to get certain things like time to value and some of those really deep project management domains of knowledge that are actually in there. The part that I did was really, I went into a classroom-based certificate program in project management, where it was was a little less deep and certainly more 
higher level, but extremely useful. And so really from that and being exposed to a bunch of different project managers, I actually gleaned some of the things that I'm going to teach you today about what things you can actually do or should do to get the most value for your work and some things that really you probably don't need to use. And there's certain things you just, you just don't for many things, especially if, as a creator and you're doing things for yourself. So after that, you could look after this, you could really look in the PMI.org to look at the project management book of knowledge. It is very interesting and there's a bunch of information on there. And if you're interested in becoming a project management professional, that's really where you would start. But anyway, I ended up working on project management next from a software development. And I started to project management projects up to seven figures in cost and years and years of work and implementation really in that IT space, some software development, a lot of infrastructure and a lot of work with implementing solutions for manufacturing in other industries and things like that. And so really I started to boil things down to make it more streamlined because there's just a lot of things you just don't have time to do when things are moving very, very quickly. So the PMBOK covers all those major approaches, all major approaches now, as a matter of fact, pretty much everything, including that traditional waterfall model, which Again, if you're building a, a constructing a building, that's something you probably want to you would want to use. In addition to that, all of the agile type project management that's out there as well, and many of the big organizations, particularly in the IT space, are moving towards agile development for online creators working on creating and moving from you know posts to profits. Traditional methods do tend to work well. It is a lot of if then then go do this, and so that's that waterfall model do these things first and then move on to the next thing. For the creativity, the creation process, the process of creating something unique and interesting that you could naturally, probably in your own mind, lean towards an agile model rather than a traditional method. And I'm going to talk about each of these and then talk about what I call PM light. So that's what we're going to talk about today. I think you'll find it very, very interesting. First, let me touch on the agile model. We can dive deeper into this model of managing projects and work in another episode in the future. It, it does have quite a few names that are associated with this, and it is actually very, very useful for, like I said, creative endeavors and things like that. Some of the other names that you're going to hear around industry and so on and so forth are things such as Scrum <clears throat> or Kanban. You can maybe hear about that as well. Scrum is really a subset of Agile. And it's really a way of conducting an Agile project itself. And I'm going to ignore Scrum really for now. There's a lot of books about it that you can read if you're interested in more details about how it actually works. Because it's again, it's a way of handling an Agile project. But let's ignore that for now. So Agile itself relies on what are called iterative work sprints including regular meetings as well, being flexible and also getting constant feedback. If you're a creator, you're working by yourself or for yourself, odds are good that you're really doing some of this anyhow with that creative work. You're going to work on it. You're going to potentially do it in sprints, especially what would be called sprints, which would be small units of work or time. And you might have a full-time job and be doing other work on your creative endeavors outside of your normal day-to-day -day work. And so you probably get pieces and parts of time to work on your creative endeavor. And so that's really like an agile kind of model where it's an iterative work sprint. 
in regards to regular meetings and being flexible and having constant feedback. You're probably your own worst critic for, for, for your feedback. Your regular meetings are probably in your head to talk about and think about where you're at and what you're working on. But really, that does actually tie very closely to what an agile model would be. And so you probably would have some natural affinity to this for any kind of right brain kind of work, any kind of creative work. I think I mentioned this before that generally agile models have been leveraged pretty heavily in creating software, and it is very pervasive in the software development industry. It lends itself to creating a MVP, they would call that, a minimally viable product. That's actually a very useful concept for an online creator as well, getting out there something that isn't perfect is better than waiting for something to be perfect and then getting it out there and then no one showing up to look at it because you didn't weren't able to market it well enough so the absolute minimal product that would be functionally acceptable to the user or consumer and again if you're your own worst critic you're looking at your creative work and saying i want this to be like this to look like something that i want it to look like or sound like something and that's your your mvp it may not be perfect but it is your minimally viable product for your consumer, which might really be yourself at this point. And that's really what Agile is all about, getting something out there. Now, if you shift the mindset away from that, because we're going we're to stop talking about Agile itself, we're going to talk about a traditional model. So if you're going to shift your mindset away from that Agile model of creative work, you're really, what we're really talking about is all of the other things around potentially starting a business, marketing. Marketing requires a lot of project management to do it well, to be very organized. And the traditional model is very, very good for step-by-step -step work and step-by-step -step projects. And I need to do this first and I need to do that next. Replacing a sink, for example, you need to remove the old sink first. Before that, you even need to turn off the water and then you can remove the sink. And then when you remove the sink, you need to readjust the piping and then you can put the new sink in and do this and so on and so forth. So it's a very, very step-by-step. A lot of YouTube videos on step-by-step -step work of replacing a kitchen sink, for example. But even creating that video on how to do it, you have to think through how are you going to do it. You have to set up your camera. You have to do the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. This really does have this traditional model has a long history in organizational psychology, in construction work, and in human history really in general. So it has been used for a long, long time. And naturally, humans are planners. We, we do want to think through what steps we need to do to get from point A to point B. So historically, there is really a long line of body of work or a long line of research and, and thought on the topic. Organizationally, as far as being able to get some kind of methodology around it, a lot of that really started really at the turn of the last century. So Henry Gantt, he created Gantt charts, as they're called now, roughly in about 1910, and then moving to the you know Manhattan Project, to the Apollo program, those huge, huge endeavors required project management. And so it's, it has developed into, into a discipline really heavily within that last century or so. Prior to that, there were definitely techniques in managing projects. I would imagine the Egyptians probably had some pretty good techniques to be able to create the pyramids, for example, uh, but those are less specific and uh, kind of shrouded in history. Recently, with the addition of the lightweight methodologies, like Agile, what's in lightweight methodology, has really opened up many, many ways to effectively get things done. 
and even blend the two models and, and move towards sort of a hybrid approach. As a creator trying to go from posts to profits, you, you definitely want to get things done and Project Management Light can help get you there. So as I started stated earlier in the episode, discipline really is greater than motivation. I've said this before in an earlier episode, frankly, using a little bit of discipline and formality in keeping track of your work, you will definitely be light years ahead of anyone just going by instinct. That's a mistake. Here's a key point that I want you to remember. And if you're not driving, write this down. I found that agile sometimes does not work, nor do task lists nor do heavy, full-blown traditional project management. So you really want this to be an MVP for project management, project management light. Isn't that clever? Here's what I'm going to dive into in each of these things. Number one, setting crystal clear goals. Number two, breaking it down to small pieces. Number three, get charted out. We're going to maybe not be super detailed with the Gantt charting, but you want to have some kind of timeline to figure out where you're going to go. Number four, being able to look for the critical path. And I'll talk about what that means. And then finally, number five, what can you delegate or outsource? That's it. It is five simple things to help you get things done when you're starting up a business or really doing any kind of project, project management light. So the first one. Setting crystal clear goals. This is really critical to any project. You really have to get extremely clear on what you're trying to accomplish. If you're having trouble with getting that clarity, try, try this technique. Find some time without distractions and quietly envision how things will be when the project's complete. What does that look like? How will you feel? And that's really important as well. I actually stole that from some of the books that I've read, such as Think and Grow Rich. It's not just the thought that matters, it's the feelings about it, because feelings are very powerful and tie memories together very well. So a feeling with a, a memory with a feeling, you're going to remember a lot better than you're going to remember just a, a fact that's very much has no feelings to it. So how do you feel about that? What does that look like? What things are you willing to not see in your vision, to, to pare those things down, to get to the outcome you're trying to achieve? So sometimes we think about a lot of things at the end and say, oh, we're going to have all this cool stuff when really you don't want to do that. You want to set a crystal clear goal. You want to get rid of the things that may not matter. Once again, going back to that MVP idea and focus on just that. This really worked great for my website redesign that I did for myself, which I'll talk about some other time. And I went back and started on the next step. So I really had a very short project management light goal for my website that paid dividends. I honestly paid massive dividends because I just got each one piece at a time. There's a holistic view of that too, but again, I had crystal clear goals on what I wanted to achieve, certainly for hosting information about the podcast and making sure that it was very clear and easy for people to go and look at, and that's selfpubempire.com, just in case you want to go and check it out. So that's the first thing, setting crystal clear goals. Second thing, breaking things down into small achievable tasks. This is really, really important. Rome was not built in a day and neither are work breakdown structures. So that's a new phrase too that I'm using and that's from the PMBOK as well, the Project Management Book of Knowledge, a WBS, a work breakdown structure. All that is is tasks. It's really just a set of tasks that you need to get from the beginning to the end. I think some folks think that they can put down a list of tasks 
and do them and pick them off and do the things that they feel like doing. That does work for many things, certainly, but really a work breakdown structure saying, these are the absolute things that I have to do and getting those down somewhere, somehow will help you get clarity, go back to number one to get to your goal. And it's kind of like you're saying, I'm going to start with my goals in the first item, and then I'll break things down by walking backwards. What are the things that I need? I need this first. I need this first. I need this this before this, this before this, this before this. And so this differs from that to-do list because the power is, is in this is really determining what tasks need to happen first and what tasks rely on other tasks. That's a huge, huge thing. Critical to this, small pieces and how they all tie together. We are natural planners. We really are. As humans, we're natural planners. But capturing all that really is the key here. I'm not even going to talk about tools because technically you can do any of these things on pen and paper. You really can. So second thing, breaking things down to small achievable tasks and making sure that you know how they tie together. When you do the tying together part, that's the next thing. That's the Gantt chart. The Gantt chart comes from the work breakdown structure. One of the main figures of project management history here is Henry Gantt. He was an American mechanical engineer. He came up with the Gantt chart all the way back in the 1910s. The Gantt chart is a graphical tool to visually see tasks, dependencies, and then projects on the on the project itself, progress in the project itself. It has bars and lines and arrows to show how tasks are connected or not connected to each other, which is actually almost just as important. If something isn't dependent on something else, really you could pick it off and do it at any time. So that's just as important as which things are even connected to each other. You may not need that level quite of the formality that Henry Gantt was envisioning, but really writing down or using a tool to plot out those tasks you need to complete can really help you get clarity and get you to being able to feel like you're in control. So the big difference here between a work breakdown structure, WBS, and a Gantt chart is that the Gantt shows the dependencies by linking those tasks. And there are different ways to do that. One thing should start and something else should start at the same time, for example. Most of the things that we probably plan on have a start and then the next thing starts. So a finish to start kind of connection. I think you get what I'm saying here. There's different kinds of connections. That is the most common. Now, I finish this task, then I start the next one. That's the connection between the two. So the most famous tool out there really is Microsoft Project. It, it just is. You don't really need it for anything that needs this project management light approach. It's, it's very heavy-handed. It works great. But of course, there's a lot of detail under the hood because it's aligning itself with the PMBOK. So you don't really need it, but you could use something like that. So that's the next thing. Tying things together kind of in a Gantt format. The next thing, calculate the critical path or look for the critical path. This is a really useful tool in the toolbox that you might have for any kind of project work you, you do. Anything that has a time budget especially associated with it, the critical path, by definition, it's the longest set of tasks tied together, which must be completed for the project to be finished by its due date. So the critical path shows the shortest time in which a project can be completed. That can be kind of a hard concept to put together in your head, but really it means these are the absolute minimum number of things to get to the finish line that are all tied together. And they show, therefore, the critical path. If any of those things take longer than is expected or estimated, then the entire project 
is going to be longer than originally estimated. And that's why focusing on the critical path is really important. This method is called the critical path method, actually. It has an official name, CPM, critical path method. I'm not extremely formal with it when I, I do this piece, when I'm thinking it through. I found it very extremely helpful, though, because you have to really look at the tasks and say, what are the absolute minimum? How are the things tied together? And if any of these get take longer or slip, as you like to say, What's going to happen to the entire project? When is it? When am I going to be done? And so this gives you that absolute minimum amount of time that things are going to be tied together to get you to the finish line and, and where that outcome is. That's my critical path. And those are the items that I watch most carefully and I focus my efforts on. The other interesting thing is that a lot of times I've found that some of the things not in the critical path are tasks that you actually really don't even need. And they didn't really contribute to the MVP that I was looking for. And those got moved out or into the next project or into a different phase of the project. You can take a project, of course, and cut it up into tasks. You can even cut up into phases of tasks or buckets of tasks. That helps as well if you're looking at a phased approach. Did that with my website as well. A phased approach and focus on just a couple things make the podcast available there. That's really the first thing and, and critical path my way to that. So you can do that with this as well. So that's the critical path. That step is what you want to do. The last thing you want to keep in mind, determine what things you can assign out. And I think some people probably say, Hey, what are you talking about? You know, I'm by myself. I'm an online creator. I don't have a staff. I'm not a big company. I can't delegate things to other people. Absolutely understand that. Totally get it. But I still want you to think about it. For Project Management Lite, this is a time saver approach and how to get back doing to, to doing the things that you are best at. And so that's really the difference here. Like I think in a large corporate environment, you're going to see people saying, well, we can outsource this to this thing that their specialty is to do whatever that is. As an individual and a creator doing your own work, you may not feel that you can do that at all. So it, it kind of requires some creativity, might require a little bit of funds to accomplish, or maybe favors or trades. A simple example is maybe you do not want to create your own stock photo art for your website, for example. This is powerful. There are many, many ways to outsource that or assign that out. And now there's even easier ways to do it when you do not even have to slog through tons of images. There are sites that will allow you to upload something you took as a picture or drawing or something and upload that and it will use AI to determine pictures that are very, very similar. My choice and a tool that I love is depositphotos.com. Many, many stock photos to choose from. Very good prices on membership to be able to download images in many different formats and you can upload your image to get similar images so you can have variations on the theme. It is a huge time saver. It's tremendously faster than trying to find your thematic type images for a website or whatever it is that you want to do. And these are stock photos with minimal or no royalties associated with them at all. Obviously they're competing with some of the big boys out there. Getty images and so on and so forth, but it is absolutely amazing with the 
photo upload capability to use AI to find similar images. It's really, really great. I highly recommend it. I'll have that link in the show notes, depositphotos.com. So maybe you're not hiring someone to do something or a freelancer to get things done for you for many of these tasks, such as like ReSound for my audio podcasting editing. Again, another tool that I love, link to the show, link will be in the show notes, but you're actually using technology to kind of accelerate and outsource some of these tasks that you're trying to do. So that's the last one. Determine what it is that you can maybe assign out or use a tool to accelerate and not have to do yourself. So that's the core essence of project management light. And so remember the old adage, fail to plan and you plan to fail. So if you don't plan things out, you're really less likely to succeed. Most people are natural planners. We plan our trips to the grocery store. We plan our work week. We plan on how to take care of our households, our loved ones, our pets, etc. And we can use those same mental muscles really to create a plan for our creative project or marketing of that creative project or a new website or whatever it is that you need to do or planning out how to get your business up and running and off the ground. And so Project Management Lite really comes down to these five core principles. I'm gonna go over them again. Setting crystal clear goals, that's the number one thing. Set your goals with your intention in mind. I highly recommend reading First Things First. That's another great book that you might wanna read. And it's really starting with the end in mind and figuring out what it is you wanna get to, and that's your crystal clear goal. So set that intention out there and work towards that goal. And the second thing, small pieces, cut it up into small tasks, figure out what little pieces that you can do. In some ways it's really helpful, especially if you're not able to do your creative work full time or work on the business part of your work full time. And you're trying to find small bits and pieces of time to fit in after work or on the weekends and so on and so forth. It's really great to be able to say, okay, I'm going to look at my list of things to do. I'm going to look at my chart and look at my work breakdown structure, and I'm going to pick and choose a couple things that may or may not be in a critical path, but that's okay. I'm going to get those things done and you're going to check those off. And you're going to get that, that little hit of dopamine when you hit that checkbox and say, I, I completed it. And there's lots of tools to help you with that too. But again, a, a, a list of small tasks and small pieces will really help you get to where you want to go. Tying to that is the third principle. Gant it out, figure out what things are tied to which. Figure out your dependencies. Dependencies are extremely important because you can't sometimes do one thing before you do something else. And so you really need to figure out what is that something else. And it helps dictate, again, in the small pieces, which ones are you going to actually do and spend some time on? Get that figured out. Fourth thing, looking for the critical path, even more of a guiding principle that helps you, again, these three middle chunky pieces here that we're talking about in this project management light, critical path will help you as well. What do I absolutely have to do? What are the things that I really, really need to do? What's my critical path? Where are those dependencies? And this will get you the closest to your goal. And you can even then pare down some of the things you thought you might need to do, but really end up being nice to have rather than absolute must-haves. Critical path or critical path management is, is really, really huge. So look for your critical path to get to your goal. Final thing, what can you delegate? What can you outsource? That's the last thing. And this is the time server piece of it. Using some tools, get some online tools. I've got some great things that I've already talked about in the 
previous episodes of the podcast of tools that I use. I talk about tools that I like, and I try to make sure that I link those in the show notes so that you can all take a look at them. I definitely think you should think about those tools and they'll help you get through things a lot faster. So try these steps out in your next project or your goal or your endeavor, whatever you're trying to do. And I guarantee you, you will get better results and investing a much less amount of time, a minimal amount of time with this project management light approach. It's not heavy handed. So give these a try. I really, really hope that they help you on your journey. I hope we can continue to talk about this together. And I hope that you can plan your steps to go from post to profit. I really, really appreciate you listening and all the support that I'm receiving in my podcasts. Thank you to all of you. Thank you to all the listeners. Thank you to all the visitors of the website. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you so, so much for listening. And I'll catch you in the next episode. Hey, congratulations. You just listened to another episode of the Self Pub Empire podcast. I really hope you found something inspiring, useful, and actionable for your own entrepreneurial and business aspirations. Let's keep connecting as solopreneurs, authors, and online creators of all kinds. For more information, how to's, great tools, and show notes for the show, head over to selfpubempire.com slash podcast. Until next time, let's continue moving from posts to profit.